All right, well, we're back in the book of Proverbs for week number two of this series, and we're walking through this book all summer long, so I hope you've already dug in a little bit. Last week, we introduced the book and just kind of encouraged everyone to start reading Proverbs, potentially at your own pace, or you could go along with us, and I'll explain that in a little bit. But this is the summer of wisdom, and we know we want wisdom because wisdom is what adds up to both earthly and eternal success in our lives. So the relationships we maintain, the jobs we have, the pattern for the future that we're heading into, all of that requires wisdom in our hearts, the ability to know how to make the right decisions from God's perspective. And Proverbs is in the Bible as a book dedicated to helping us do just that. So a little bit of review from last week. First of all, uh, we looked at chapter 1, verse 5, where it says, let the wise listen to these Proverbs. And the number one characteristic, and we'll see it all, all summer long, the number one characteristic of a wise person is that they listen. We tend to think a wise person would be, I don't know, sitting on a mountaintop dispensing parables or whatever, but that would be after a lifetime of listening. The more you listen, the more you'll grow in wisdom. And probably, if you meet someone who talks a lot, they're actually not that wise. Because the wise people know that they have more to learn than whatever it is they have to give. So, uh, let the wise listen. And then three key words that we'll use as sort of our framework for how to, pro how to progress through Proverbs. Listening, receiving, and exploring. And I pray that together, as a church, in this summer of wisdom, we'll do all three of those things in the weeks to come. The other foundational thing that we discussed last week is actually the foundation of wisdom itself. The true knowledge and the true wisdom that defines life starts, the, and the ability for us to make the right decisions start when we have a fear of God, when we deeply respect God, when we recognize His position compared to ours. And the more we recognize who God is, the more we grow in wisdom because we start to listen to God. We realize the, the universe is bigger than just me. My perspective needs to be bigger than just mine. We also uh, discussed the, well, the, and the definition of the fear of the Lord, by the way, at least the way I look at it, is my constant awareness of God's presence and my daily accountability to his purpose. As I'm walking through life, if I recognize God is watching me, God is a part of every decision that I make, that helps inform my decisions and makes me a better decision maker. Uh, if I recognize everything that I do has, a, has an accountability dynamic with God, that changes what I do because I'm not just answering to myself. I, I, have, I have a higher authority in my life than me. And that also is the foundation of wisdom. All right, and then just from, a, um, from the perspective of how you can engage this summer, these are the four ways that I would encourage you to step into the summer of wisdom. One is to get the daily texts. I think there's almost 150 people throughout the church now receiving this, and if you're not one of those, you can join, and every day around 1230, you'll get a text with a, a, with a proverb and a little question or prayer idea that relates to wisdom. Um, those, those are just a neat way to kind of let that be a reminder in your life day to day of what God wants you to learn. Read the daily proverb. And so, of course, there's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. You can read the proverb that matches the date of the month. So today you'd read Proverbs 12. Tomorrow you'd read the 13th uh, proverb. 
You move forward like that, kind of gives you a little bit of a rhythm to keep that wisdom flowing. The idea is that throughout the summer, we want the book of Proverbs open in our lives. So whatever that means for you, you can read it in your own plan or have your own pace, that's fine. But if you want to kind of join the stream of everybody else doing this, you can attend the weekly services. And then most importantly, discuss what you're discovering with God and with others. Uh, pray about the Proverbs that you read. Pray about wisdom decisions that you have and how you can apply God's truth to your life. And uh, I believe you'll be uh, surprised and excited about what that will mean for you. All right, so we're going to dive into today's text, and uh, we're going to start in chapter 1, verse 8. We're actually going to read the whole section first, and then we'll walk back through and comment and pull a few things out regarding it. But if you have a copy of the Bible there with you, I'd encourage you to read along with us. Proverbs 1, verse 8. My child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. What you learn from them will crown you with grace and will be a chain of honor around your neck. My child, if sinners entice you, turn your back on them. They may say, come and join us. Let's hide and kill someone. Just for fun, let's ambush the innocent. Let's swallow them alive like the grave. Let's swallow them whole like those who go down to the pit of death. Think of the great things we'll get. We'll fill our houses with all the stuff we take. Come, throw in your lot with us, and we'll all share in the loot. My child, don't go along with them. Stray far away from their paths. They rush to commit evil deeds. They hurry to commit murder. If a bird sees a trap being set, it knows to stay away. But these people set an ambush for themselves. They're trying to get themselves killed. Such is the fate of all who are greedy for money. It robs them of life. Just as a little pause on this one, when I think about what would be kind of the modern equivalent, like what is this talking about? You know, there's lots of different ways that, you know, evil people recruit. But I, I, when, I, when I read this, what I think about is when you get recruited to join a gang. Doesn't it kind of sound that way? Like, hey, we're going to share in the loot. We're going to go out and, you know, make our mark. We're going to establish our territory. And well, there's a lot of people who fall into this, right? It, rather than listening for wisdom and rather than staying under the umbrella of protection of their parents, instead they go off and here's where they end up. And Scripture says it's almost like they're setting a trap for themselves. They almost want to get killed. And nothing really changes under the sun, right? You go back a few thousand years when these were written and evildoers were doing evil. You can go to century 21 here and Evildoers are doing evil. It's always the, always the same story. Verse 20 is where there's an opportunity to go a different direction. Wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds along the main street, to those gathered in the front of the city gate. How long will you simpletons insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Come, listen to my counsel, and I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. I've called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You ignored my advice. You rejected the correction that I had offered. So I will laugh when you're in trouble. I will mock you when disaster overtakes you, when calamity comes at you like a storm. 
When disaster engulfs you like a cyclone, my anguish and anguish and distress overwhelm you. When they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me. For they hated knowledge. They chose not to fear the Lord. They rejected my advice and paid no attention when I corrected them. Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way, choking on their own schemes. For simpletons turn away from me to death, but fools are destroyed by their own complacency. All who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. A whole bunch of characters are introduced to us in this, right? Wisdom, shouting in the street. Then we learn about simpletons and mockers and fools. So we're going to walk through this and see what, what, first of all, what does God want us to hear? Secondly, what label would be most appropriate for your life so far? Okay, so let's start here in verse 8. My child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. What's the first place that a person in their lifetime will encounter wisdom in all likelihood? Where will it come from? Mom and dad, right? So, so before you read the rest of Proverbs, before you get into the philosophy of wisdom or start gaining nuggets of wisdom from other people, even before you start accruing your own life experiences to give you wisdom, you'll hear some wisdom from the people that are raising you. Right now, in a, in a healthy scenario, that's mom and dad. Sometimes not everybody has the whole story there. But you could think, who are the people who are, who are early in my life who have been a part of kind of being like those parent figures to me? Those are the people that have a vested interest in you succeeding probably more than you do, especially when they understand what that means and you don't. So the earlier in life you are, the more your mom and dad or the other people that are a part of raising you are, are actually going to be where this wisdom will come to you the most. So he says, my child, listen, right? That's always the key word. Listen to your father's instruction or your and then don't neglect your mother's instruction. Your father and your mother have lived longer than you and they're on your team. And so when they correct or they talk or they instruct, their aim is actually to give you wisdom so that you don't have to learn the hard way. Now, some kids are too resistant. They're going to learn the hard way anyway. Well, that's their choice. Um, and later on, we'll see what wisdom says to people like that. But right from the very beginning, say, here, if you want to walk on the road of wisdom, start with your mom and dad. Commandment number five of the Ten Commandments refers to this. It says, honor your father and mother and you will live a long life. It will go well with you. The fifth commandment is the first commandment with a promise. Ephesians 6.1 talks about, you know, children, obey your parents. Here's, here's what God promises you, long life and prosperity, hope, and, and your life going well. It starts with honoring mom and dad. All right, now when you do that, it says what the things you're going to learn from your parents, from those raising you, it's like that will crown you, that will adorn you, that will be like a chain of honor on your neck. You think about all the ways people give out status symbols to one another, you know, give, give somebody a trophy, give them a commendation, give them a blue check mark, whatever it is that makes you feel really important about who you are. Now the number one thing you could do right early in life to have a chain of honor around your neck is to actually be the kid that listens to his parents. Because when you do that, 
uh, you'll be actually taking a big step ahead of everybody else who has going, they'll all have to learn the hard way. You don't necessarily have to if you're willing to listen. So once you pass that stage, then we go here. So my sinners, or my, my child, if sinners entice you, turn your back on them. And I was thinking about how throughout my life, and it's always heartbreaking to watch this, I've seen various friends of mine and their kids, and I remember when I was in youth group, I watched some of the kids in my youth group turn their back on their parents, turn their back on their faith, on their church. The instruction of Proverbs is to look at the person tempting you and turn your back on them, right? You get to turn your back, you get to resist, but resist the temptation. Don't resist the people who are actually there for your good, all right? So you're going to say, Lord, I, I want to turn my back. I want to reverse rebellion, all right? Instead of rebelling against what's good, I'll rebel against the people that are tempting me to go the wrong direction. And then there's a little nuance here, which, you know, if you, if you read the text there, it says that kind of personifying the evildoers that are calling you in, it says, hey, let's hide and lie and wait for someone. And I was thinking about how anytime someone says, let's hide, usually something's wrong. Would you agree with that? Occasionally, there's a secret to keep. I get that. But especially the younger you are in life, anyone who asks you to keep a secret is probably asking you to do something that's wrong. So if you keep hearing that, hey, let's hide. Hey, don't tell someone. Don't let mom and dad know. Don't say this to anybody else. That is a major red flag that something is really wrong with whatever it is that's happening. And so you recognize that and you say, when that happens, I'm turning my back on that temptation rather than joining in. So here the storyline goes with the person who kind of joins the gang and they're thinking that they can, you know, be free from authority and they can do their own thing and they'll just be with their buddies and they'll take what they want out of life. And, and wisdom says, hey, you're actually setting a trap for yourself. And I actually, I kind of like the uh, verse 17. It says, if a bird sees a trap being set, it knows to stay away. Like the birds are smarter than you. <laughs> if, you if you fall for you, if you're setting your own trap here uh, by walking this path of foolishness. But what I'm really interested in is wisdom's warning and offer to help. So verse 20, going forward. We know that there's temptation out there in the world. We know that there's lots of things in life that would want to throw us off track from our best future and from God's plan for us, of course. So what can we do? How do we stay out of that mess? So verse 20, wisdom shouts in the streets. Why do you think wisdom is shouting? Why not wisdom whispering to your heart? Why not have wisdom casually conversing? Why would wisdom have to get out there and shout in the streets? I think there's a few reasons. There's a lot of other voices talking, so you've got to get up above those. You've got the fact that some people aren't looking for wisdom, they're not pausing to listen. So wisdom has to get your attention. And when you look at what wisdom is shouting, you get the sense that there are actually different kinds of characters walking by. So verse 22, how long will you simpletons insist on being simple-minded? By the way, if someone called you a simpleton, would you take that as an insult? I think I would, right? If somebody's really friendly, like, hey, you're a really simple guy. I, just, I don't know if I would receive that very well, right? 
Um, so I, I want to think I'm a little complicated. The, uh, so simpleton, so, but Proverbs doesn't pull the punches, right? Proverbs telling us the truth even if we don't want to hear it. So how long will you simpletons insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? And how long will you fools hate knowledge? So there's three different characters on the streets. Wisdom is calling out. And then there's the wise, the people that do listen. That'd be the fourth character. So wisdom is out there shouting to try to get the attention. And I was thinking about in my own life, probably in some of your lives, the, the, the voice of wisdom, like what does it have to compete with to actually get my attention? Have you ever thought about that? So if wisdom wants to speak to you, if the Holy Spirit wants to get a message to your mind for you to obey, for you to follow up on, to prompt you with something, what, what noise is already in there that has to get overcome? So there'd be some obvious ones, right? There would be whatever crazy narratives happening in your own head. Uh, we all have that. There might be the music in your earbuds that's piping in. There might be whatever is on your TV or on your computer or on your phone. I mean, all, all sorts of inputs with voices coming at you and messages coming at you. There might be a peer group around you that may or may not represent wisdom. Uh, there, there might be, you know, big cultural messages you're getting by the way things happen. And wisdom has to get past all of that to get your attention. Which does beg the question, does wisdom have your attention? Or does all of that actually fill in all your available mind space? So you really don't have any attention left to give wisdom. Thinking about the characters here, we've got the simple, the mockers, the fools, and the wise. Like, okay, the simple are the people who are floating. You know, the simple are pretty easygoing. The simple are... Um, well, they fit in, right? They, they float along. So at church here, a simple person might actually really look like a great Christian person because they can blend in. But tomorrow, when they're on the job site or with the team or if they were going to school or something, they, they might fit in with a totally different crowd. They might look completely not like Christians tomorrow because a simple person just kind of floats. They blend. They go with the crowd. They do what's comfortable or what's popular. They don't take a stand for anything. They don't necessarily even really believe anything, but they kind of believe everything at the same time, right? Simple people. Mockers, I think of mockers are the people who are laughing, right? They're mocking. So they're the people, they hear the truth, they know what's going on, but they, rather than receive it, they, they in or, maybe even as a way to not have to receive it, they mock it. So they're the ones sort of snickering in the back of the room when something serious is supposed to be happening, right? They're the ones that are, uh, they're the ones that are preoccupied with their own story and what you would hear from them is cynicism or skepticism or maybe even sarcasm here and there because they're really not interested in receiving the truth or mining it. They're kind of mocking the process. The fools are the people who are ignoring the truth. You know, Proverbs says they hate knowledge. They're, they're actively covering their ears, saying, don't talk to me, I don't want to hear it. So it's, it's kind of like when you're trying to make a great point to somebody and they interrupt you to take the discussion a different direction because they actually hear the point. They would rather not face the truth or whatever it is you're saying is true. They want to jump in and take charge uh, and have the narrative be their narrative. 
The fools are the people who already know the answer to the question that you haven't asked them yet. Uh, they're the people that just immediately, oh yeah, I already know how to do that, I already know what's going on, I don't need any help. Uh, you know, you, you float like, would you like to get counsel or would you like to talk to someone? No, 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 I don't need that. Um, the people are very self-confident, usually, the fools. So they ignore the voice of wisdom when it's shouting. They, they might, wisdom could literally be shouting on the street corner right next to them and they would just walk right past, not even realize anything happened. And then there's the wise people who are listening. They're, they're actively seeking sources of wisdom. When, when someone talks, they lean forward and they listen, which is why sometimes wise people might be a little bit quieter. It doesn't necessarily mean a wise person can't be an extrovert or can't talk a lot. It just means that a wise person is actually trying to listen and learn. They're not just trying to deliver their way of thinking to others. So, walking a little bit further down into the text, the very end of the chapter, we have kind of wisdom personified as a woman here saying, you know what, I'm calling, I'm inviting, I'm speaking, but if you don't listen over and over and over again, I'm not really going to feel sorry for you when things don't go well because I'm really trying to give you wisdom here. And, and I think, uh, at least for, for me, parenting has given me a little bit of that sense um, where I'll think, you know, like you can sort of help steer somebody enough, but eventually if they just don't want to listen at all, then you go, well, you're going to have to learn the hard way. Like if you don't want it, well, I can't really force it. So wisdom is sort of doing that for all of us, shouting in the street, hey, I'm right here. Come, I'll make you wise. Wisdom says, I'll share my heart with you. I'll give you the keys to knowledge, to wisdom, which are ultimately the keys to success and happiness and spiritual life. Like the things you want, I have the keys in my hands for those things. But if you don't listen, don't be surprised when it doesn't go well. And instead of crying about it when it happens, I'll probably laugh a little bit myself. I might mock you a little bit back because you could have listened all this time. So then it wraps up by saying, therefore, they, the mockers, the fools, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way, which is a super sad thought, isn't it? Uh, in, in the moment, living our own way sounds appealing, like, yeah, I want to do what I want. But if I asked you, would you like to eat the bitter fruit, take full responsibility and face all the consequences of doing whatever you want? You might say, oh, maybe not. Maybe I could use some wisdom. Maybe I actually don't know what I'm doing. So wisdom says you'll, you'll eat the fruit of your own decisions if you want to, choking on your own schemes. For simpletons, they turn away from me to death. The fools, they're destroyed by their complacency. But all who listen will live in peace. And that's who we want to be, the people who are wise. So I ask myself, well, when will I listen? If my head is full of other things, and I would say I don't have time to listen, how will I actually make time to listen? Right? So, I mean, it could be a lot of simple things. I mean, it might just be that you actually schedule when will the Bible be open in front of you each day, or when will I converse with people that lift me up instead of tear me down, or maybe it's like, well, how will I, like, read the right books or watch the right videos or hear the right, you know, things that are going to actually call me into wisdom I'm going to schedule that in my life. I'll prioritize that. Because if I don't choose to do that, all the other voices out there are going to crowd out any kind of wisdom in my head. And I could go for maybe a whole day or a whole week 
and never actually contemplate anything important because simple mocking and foolishness is, is filling my mind all the time. Uh, so, when will I listen, I think is just as important, maybe more important for us to think about than where will I listen. Because we probably know where to get wisdom. At least I believe that's true for most of us in this room. But when will I hear it is a question to consider. So I wanted to give you some encouragement today as you go. But I don't know which label you are. So you walked in here either as a simpleton, a mocker, a fool, or someone who's on the road of wisdom. So I thought, well, because I don't know who's who, maybe I'll just divide you up and talk to you in sections. All right, so I'm going to talk to my really simple friends over here. Um, I, Tom, I, you know, it doesn't surprise me that you're, right, okay, so, um, so, so here, here you are, simple. The good news is your heart isn't closed and hard, right? You're, the good news is you are willing to listen. You're almost sort of too willing to listen because you'll listen to anybody that's talking. But you need to zero in and say, what is the voice of wisdom actually saying to me? And if you listen, wisdom will help you. God will help you. Now, there's a, there's a, I'm sorry if you're offended by me calling you simple, but there is a proverb a little bit later that says, the simple believe every word. You don't have a lot of discernment when you're simple. You, you might believe me right now, might read the Bible and believe that, but you also might believe a whole lot of other things about what you should do or what your priorities can be or what's appropriate. or what. There's all sorts of stuff out there that you could choose to believe. To be wise, you have to intentionally decide, I am going to listen to God's wisdom. So that's my challenge to you this week. Don't be simple, all right? Now, I, I would actually be happier sitting where you're sitting than where you're sitting. <laughs> you, you're you're mo mockers, right? So here, uh, if, if we want to start with the good news to the mockers, um, Ron, what are you doing in this? Uh, uh, sorry. Uh, Ron's one of our elders, and there's a... <laughs> um, the mockers are closer, I mean, the mockers at least are hearing the truth, so they know what to mock, right? So you're, you know what's right, and you're obviously thinking about it. Maybe it's time to take some action and actually live it, actually do it. Um, maybe it's time to stop talking, right? I feel like that's the number one evidence of someone being a mocker. Their mouth is open. They're talking loud and long, and they're, they're firing back whenever they feel like there's some conviction coming to them. So you would say to the Lord, Lord, I want to leave my mocking behind and just close my mouth long enough to hear. It's just like to the simple, the real answer here is listening. The more you listen, the more you'll be walking on the road of wisdom. So leave your mocking ways behind right? Join the wise. Certainly don't go this way. Over to the fools. There's, there are proverbs that essentially say, and we'll look at these later in the summer, that there's very little hope for any of you. I'll tell you why. It's actually because you won't listen 
The, the, the definition of being a fool is you're not listening, and so how will you ever get wisdom? You might not ever hear it. It talks about levels of fools in Proverbs. There's different layers of it. One of the worst places to be, a proverb later this summer that we'll read will say, do you see a man who's wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. Say, that's the guy that kind of maximum 100% foolishness is where you actually would call yourself wise because you're really convinced that you've got it all together. I hope you're not already there because there might not actually be any hope if that's where you are. But you could start by saying, Lord, I'm willing to hear, I'm willing to listen, I will unplug my ears. I'll give up my pride, my way, and just open up a little bit. See, fools are closed. And when you decide to open up your heart, you can start to gain wisdom. Now, there's a word to the wise here, too. Hopefully, you're scattered all around the room. I don't know who you are. You do, maybe. Or maybe you're so humble about it that you're not sure, which is, I guess that's okay. Um, because you're saying, you, you would be saying, you know, I have so much to learn, I, I couldn't claim to be wise, but I do want to be. And I think that's great evidence that you actually are wise. Because wisdom doesn't have to do with how smart you are or how much information you've amassed. It actually has to do with how well you listen. So if you're wise, you're going to love the summer, right? Because you're, you, you'll be leaning forward. And even if you would say, I've read Proverbs five times already in my life. Maybe you've read it more. Maybe you've memorized parts of Proverbs. You would still lean forward and you would say, but I know there's so much I don't know. There's so much I want to learn. When you're wise, you're the sort of person that can glean experiential wisdom even from people who aren't wise. So you look at the other people and you say, you know, everybody has something to offer. I want to hear from them because I want to learn from their life. Wise people are looking for ways to grow in wisdom. So keep looking. Keep searching. Keep listening. Now, I wanted to give you a little bit of gospel encouragement today because there is hope for the fools and the mockers of which all of us have occasionally been. I mean, would you say that you've never acted in foolishness or you've never gone with the flow and compromised something? Would you say that you've never had a mocking attitude in your heart? All of us have little bits and pieces of these characters living inside of us. And Jesus has a way for you to be transformed. So I wanted to read you as a concluding encouragement today from the book of Titus, the Apostle Paul saying, you know, we're all actually in the same boat here, and we've all experienced this. None of us, is, none of us can really claim to be that much better than the next person. Look at verse uh, 3 of Titus 3. He says, Once we too were foolish and disobedient, we were misled and we became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. That's kind of sadly the natural state of unredeemed human beings, right? That's where we end up. But God doesn't leave us there. 
Verse 4 says, But when God our Savior revealed His kindness and love, He saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. Because of His grace, He declared us righteous and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to insist on these teachings so that all who trust in God will devote themselves to doing good. See, at one time, we too would have to say, you know what, I was a fool. I was a mocker. I was simple. But God has redeemed me and saved me and given me a new kind of life. So you look at that and you say, wow, God is willing, even if my past is full of foolishness, even if everything's been wrong up until now, God is willing to give me a new start and a new place. What is he asking me to do? Where do I start? And what do you think the answer is? Just listen. When you listen, you open the door to everything else that God wants to do in your life. So let's pray. Let's ask God for the courage to do that. Uh, Lord, we're so thankful that in your wisdom, you made provision for those of us who at one time were foolish and disobedient as well. You've given us hope to pull out of our own hard hearts to start hearing your voice. Heavenly Father, we recognize that you have given us plenty of wisdom. You've made it available to us. You've given us authorities and parents and scriptures and experiences. You've given us the experience of many others who've gone before us. Lord, we have so much we can learn from. We recognize for us, really, the choice is will we listen to any of that? So please help us, Lord, as we do want to be wise. We know that attached to wisdom, so so many benefits come along with it. So much of what we really want in life is a result of living in wisdom. And so here we are, Lord, as a church family, seeking that wisdom together this summer. Thank you for giving us a pathway out of foolishness, not that we deserve it, but Lord, you stepped down out of heaven and offered us a road to redemption and salvation that um, we can't say thank you enough times for. Today, Lord, I pray for those of us who might say right now we have been simple or mockers or fools. Help us to repent from all of that and to walk in new life, trusting in you, listening to you. We look forward to where that will take us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, see you next week for chapter two.